Much like the Duke Patrol in this week's episode, the Vigilante Patrol is not dead. That I can promise you. So ladies and gentlemen, ladies, welcome to the Vigilante Patrol, a sub-show of the Vigilante 1939 podcast, part of the Let's Go Podcast Network, pop culture without the pop. On this week's show, myself and Emmett Davis from the Let's Go Podcast Network are going to be reviewing episode four of Duke Patrol season three, titled On Dead Patrol. Emma Davis, how are you doing tonight, sir? Steady, I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, glad to be back at it again this week. Could not agree more, Emmett. You know, after a strong, I would say strong three-episode premiere of Doom Patrol Season 3 on its new home of HBO Max, they are back better than ever with a concept that is absolutely <laughs> bonkers. Uh, <laughs> Undead Patrol is this week's uh, title of the episode. I think people can infer maybe what the plot was of this week's episode, but... I mean, I'm going to have you kick this one off here. You know, what were your thoughts on the follow-up to the three episodes that we got last week? Yeah, that's an interesting question to begin with, Daddy, considering how um, the first three episodes were released all at once, and this really feels like the start of where the season really feels like it's headed. Um, like, we get the stuff that kind of carries over from the first three episodes, with um, what's going on with the, um, you know, the woman who was in the drill. And, you know, we get some more of the stuff with the um, with the crew all together. But, you know, we get some, you know, more villain of the week stuff and more, um, you know, goofiness and craziness. But, you know, it, what we were looking for after the first three episodes and even before we started this season is we were looking for a progression of our characters, whether they were moving... Um, you know, into new and different and, um, you know, relevant places. And I think we get that with the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've, you know, we kind of see where Cliff's headed. Um, we get some new stuff with um, with Cyborg and his father. Um, you know, Jane's got her own kind of stuff going on with uh, the Chief. And, um, you know, Chief's actually in this episode um, in a weird kind of way. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, Larry's got his own weird stuff going on now. And, mm. um you know, you put in our doc when you uh, wanted to talk about Rita. You know, Rita seems like the, uh, you know, a more centralized character um, in this week's episode and maybe going forward. Um, you know, I really like this episode. This one is my favorite episode of the uh, early season so far. Um, yeah, because it's it's crazy, it's stupid, um, but it's also got some real uh, interesting uh, story beats as well that's going to really push the season. Um, in a new and interesting place for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm completely with you. You know, I mean, you know, I've stopped trying to predict Do Patrol a long time ago. You know, yeah. <laughs> that is not, you know, the way to go with this show. You just have to go in expecting a super fun time with lots of really good development. That's kind of the key into going in with this show. And I'm kind of with you. I think I had a blast with this one. It was certainly the most wild, over the top, probably absurd uh, concept that I think Do Patrol has attempted. 
uh, you know, zombies are essentially, you know, our two patrol cast is turned into zombies and the key is to try to get them to unturn into zombies. And then you got magic and you throw all that sort of stuff in there and it's just everything. And then you got whereabouts out of, out of all things, which we're going to talk about that. That <laughs> was the most like ridiculous thing that I think has ever been attempted in this show. It was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but I'm, I, I mean, even at its most absurd, just, you know, stage, it still found that level of charm and heart that I think makes the show so great. You know, the development with these characters is still there. I thought the humor sometimes didn't land for me, but oftentimes it did. Uh, especially like the stuff with Cyborg, where he's like, I never remember swearing this much, like even when I'm not a zombie and he's just swearing all the time. And mm-hmm. Jane's just as sassy and, you know, narcissistic as ever, even as a zombie. And then, you know, they're and, and like Cliff is still flicking people off even as a zombie. So it's just everything like about the characters is still there. It's just you got to have a lot of fun with this thing. So and I know I, I said, you know, sure. last week that I wasn't sure if Doom Patrol needed a villain of the week. Uh, but I think it all just depends on the, on the delivery, I guess, of when they do it. You know, like some some villains are going to hit better than others. And that's just, you know, that's television for you. And then I think others are not. But, you know, I think the key is to progress the larger story at hand if you're going to do the villain of the week. And I think this episode definitely achieves that. Uh, but, I mean, talk to me a little bit about the, um, I guess, the villain of the week per se. You know, the... The whereabouts, I guess I should say, you know, Willoughby is involved here. You know, Timothy Dalton is a presence, like you said, but it's through, I guess, voiceover a little bit. Because, you know, you mentioned a, a thing in our doc here that, you know, it's it's strange to see, you know, trying to revive the chief a little bit, you know, when Willoughby has his head. But I think we remember Dorothy having it last. So it's kind of, I don't know, like how they went about that, but just explain to me how you felt about that. Yeah, it was an interesting thing because, like, we see Willoughby, uh, who's a great character as well. And I was thinking, um, you know, in the first three episodes and the last one, we got those um, the dead uh, dead boy detectives. And I wonder if Willoughby would be, you know, a cool character to show up in that show if it ever does happen. Um, he's such a cool character. He's, you know, brings such an, a presence and uh, um, just what his character could do is really interesting. You know, how he talks to the dead and, you know, he like the traveling that he does, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we see him in, in in a hotel room, and you get the sense of it is he wants to talk to somebody that he loves. He wants to talk to a unicorn head for whatever reason. That's totally fine. That's Doom Patrol, I guess. But he already he has the chief's head, and the chief's head is locked off. Um, it's very dead, and it has, like, a little speaker um, in the chief's mouth. Um, mm-hmm. It took me a little while to understand that this was the chief, um, obviously it doesn't look very close to Timothy Dalton considering how dead, um, the head looks, but then that the head starts to talk like Timothy Dalton. Um, and then I was just very confused because the last we saw of, of the chief was that he was going up North with Dorothy to do, you know, Dorothy was going to bury, um, him with Dorothy's mother. Um, so it, they don't really explain how Willoughby gets the head or mm-hmm. I didn't really understand it very well. Um, so I found that kind of strange, and I wonder, maybe we'll get a flashback episode, um, some yeah. part in this season, where we see Dorothy, um, and what happens with her, and maybe Willoughby shows up um, there. But the whole idea of, you know, a talking head uh, with a little speaker in its mouth was, you know, very Doom Patrol, very cool. Um, 
you know, and the reason why Willoughby wanted the head, well, I think was is the funniest thing. He just wanted to talk to a, a unicorn head, you know, and he he was pretending to be the chief. He was hiding underneath the table just to talk to talk, try and trick mm-hmm. this this uh, this unicorn head into thinking that it was um, the chief. So, oh, that was fine. It, it, it's funny. Um, like I said, some of the some of the humor didn't hit. Um, and I think the humor, some of it didn't hit for, for the Willoughby stuff because I was just a little confused, yeah. um, about why he had the head to begin with. Um, you know, and I really didn't understand who, when the team, um, they go to the barn, um, Willoughby and the team goes to the barn. I didn't know who that guy was at the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who that was. I might've missed that from, um, um, Cyborg mentions it's from somewhere, and I can't remember it's fr- where it's from now. But I th- yeah, do you remember mm-hmm. Zeddy? No, but I mean, I I'm kind of with you too. I can't remember this was a character that was introduced in like season one. I want to say no. That's what, well, I yeah, because I just finished season two not that long ago, and this person yeah. was not in season two, so I think it was from season one. Um, so you know, they they had a little bit of liberties taken where you mm-hmm. kind of had to really know what was happening, and I didn't. So um, that's, that's more my fault than anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stuff which just wasn't uh, explained as well as I think it should have or should have, uh, could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. You know, I'm, I don't know if you may feel the same way, but you know, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on just Willoughby being just a great character. You know, I actually think that would be pretty cool if he had, just show up in like a Dead Boy Detectives uh, spinoff if that does follow through. You know, if they're not going to bring Larry over, which I think Larry should still cross over. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that's a character that could actually play off those kids really, really well. Um, I even think that they may even like retool his character a little bit to where he can work off them a little bit better, but I'm getting some Constantine vibes from Willoughby every time I just see him, you know, yeah. the way that he's like, uh, you know, really pessimistic at times and he doesn't want to do the right thing, but then he always gets roped in doing mm-hmm. the right thing, like a pure magician, uh, you know, in any universe typically does you know whether that's dc or marvel you know most of them kind of have their own personal agendas going on if people know constantine you know yeah he's mostly a good guy but you know he never really wants to get into the fold of things right he's always a get in get out if it's not for me i don't want to do it you know this isn't like zantana so i think you know it's it's always so interesting whenever he pops up because i've always mostly just seen him as a villain in Supernatural anyway, right? And he kind of still right. feels like that a little bit. I mean, he's a little bit better um, in Supernatural, but, you know, I, I mm. mean, and he's pretty good in here too. But, I mean, I, I get, I definitely get, like, where they go, where they're going with him too, for sure. And seeing Timothy Dalton, you know, even as a voice was still, it was almost at times disturbing mm. <laughs> in a way too. You know, I, I, I thought the stuff were, not to kind of skip all over the place, but, you know, I thought the stuff of one, his head is in, I guess do manner and they and Timothy Dalton's voice is trying to snap the Doom Patrol out of, you know, this zombie spell, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an emotional scene almost, you know, like Jane's holding him. And we've kind of always seen that Jane is still the rock to uh, Timothy Dalton, you know, the chief's character. And then they get that mm-hmm. nice, beautiful scene where Jane is just looking at the fire and she's just crying. And you just really, you really feel that. I mean, at least I did. And then you kind of get, all, all their moments at the end, which we'll, we'll talk about a, l- a little bit later. But I just thought that, you know, the way that they incorporated, you know, the Chief, I thought was was pretty great. You know, especially considering the plot of them being zombies. You know, zombies don't feel anything when you're dead. So I thought, you know, to have 
the guy that brought them in that, you know, situation in the first place that revived all of them in the first place, you know, is the same guy that almost revives them yet again. So I thought that was, that was pretty unique. And obviously, you know, the villain of the week, I mean, let's just dive right into it. It is the most ridiculous thing that we have. There's literally, I don't even know what you want to call it, but butts are in this episode. Uh, lots of them. <laughs> lots of them, I mean, lots of them. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like Zombieland meets Doom Patrol here. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, 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 it's 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 funny to think about. Uh, like I had to explain this to my wife. Um, we were watching the show, and then she went, I think, to get ready for work, and the the where but scene happened, and she came back, and I tried to tell it to her, um, and she's like, I like, she couldn't believe what I was what I was saying to her because like, it, so yeah, okay, this guy in the barn, he turns into a an ass with legs, and then his ass opens up, and like there's literal teeth. Like he, they're wear butts, so wear asses, and that's fine. And that's like you know that's is weirdest to begin with. But then obviously that the Doom Patrol are zombies, and mm-hmm. what do zombies do? They eat flesh. So they're picking up these asses and they're eating them. So like <laughs> just explaining that to somebody that the Doom Patrol are eating ass. Like Good I'm luck. sorry for you know. And I, Maybe it's just it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, but it, you know, and the CGI wasn't that good either. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it's it, it's kind of hard to do. Um, you know, asses that have little legs that are jumping around. And yeah. but uh, you know, I I can forgive all that stuff just for how ridiculous you know the whole scene was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there you know Larry's using a chainsaw. Um, you know, Cliff's picking things up and throwing them around, and you know, Willoughby's got a sword that's on fire. Um, you know, just you know, it's just the craziest, stupidest thing. I don't know who thought of this. I wonder if it's in the comics. I'm gonna have to look that up to see if it's a scene in a you know in a, in a you know a couple pages in the panels in comic in, in a comic book just to see what that would look like on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the craziest scene you know that I've seen in a comic book you know show um probably in a movie most ridiculous stupidest thing but it works um you know it, it's it's funny it's hilarious um i don't know if it makes sense but you know n- not a lot of stuff in the show makes a lot of sense um you know it, it'll be interesting because it looks like there's a little uh, you know after credit scene in this episode where we you know we might see you know a zombified where but um later on in the, in the season so that's kind of an interesting thing um so yeah you know, the whereabouts were more comedic relief um, th- in this week's episode, but that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it was totally, like, the most just campiest thing I think they've ever done, too. Like, you know, I remember, um, you know, on your review for Malignant, um, I mean, you were just, you know, comparing some of the acting to, like, you know, a daytime soap yeah. opera show, too, right? Where yeah. it's like, you know, the villain, you know, the guy is just like, and tell me. Right now, or yell at me right now, egg me on, you know, like just like his, like it's almost like it was intentional at times. So, obviously, I'm a little over exaggerated, but you know, when you watch up, so you'll you'll see why, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about, you know. So, it just I think the way that it, it came across was definitely the way it was supposed to, uh, come across. And like you said, too, you know, Doom Patrol, there's not this isn't like a Superman show, you know, this isn't like a Justice League show, you know, you have to incorporate. I think some sort of action, if you will, you know, in an episode, and this is, you know, their way of doing it, you know, and keeping in tone with the show. So I think it's, that's definitely, you know, to be expected. But I think, you know, what I want to talk about right now, which was, you know, the mystery that, or the cliffhanger, I guess might you say, of episode three, you know, which is like the time travel lady, uh, Emmett, because, you know, we, 
we had speculated, you know, we weren't sure like what that meant, you know, what her intentions were, you know, uh, we weren't sure if she was going to be a fender or a foe, you know, they kind of left that open to interpretation and then we kind of get in this week's episode and it's, and it's still kind of a mystery, you know, she's kind of being very secretive. She's being very coy, you know, she's not telling them really much of anything and they're all really frustrated, confused, you know, why she's there. And then we get little tidbits kind of throughout the episode that she keeps showing an interest in Rita. You know, out of all of them, you know, she's more focused on Rita. And it kind of gets really evident towards the end. But Emma, kind of talk to me about whether or not you feel like, you know, this was a natural progression. And, you know, are you invested in maybe where this story may be heading? Yes, I'm invested in where the story is heading. As to, you know, I it's still very confusing, though. Um, like we see her in episode two, like Rita's saying that she shows up at the, you know, wherever they are at that resort or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and she pushes Rita back into the room. Um, and then they die. And then the next time we see her, she's in Doom Manor. Um, and, but doesn't know why she's, you know, she knows why she's there because she's looking for Niles, but -hmm. she doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know who any of the Doom Patrol are. Um, so again, I don't know if I missed something or if the show is just taking, um, some liberties, maybe, you know, um, they're going to lay some stuff out later in the season. Um, but I am invested in what she is because she gets that video um, from N- that Niles kind of leads her through and she opens up that little thing and the chessboard uh, rolls out and she gets the video of, you know, who she is mm-hmm. uh, in quotations, you know, what she is uh, in quotations, you know, if she's a bird or, you know, whatever she is. Um, and then we get the, the, you know, the revelation at the end that, in this little video um, that she's watching that Rita or someone who looks like Rita, I'm not sure about that yet either yep. is off to the side, kind of hidden away. Um, you know, and Rita, you know, is, is holding things back as well. Um, just at the start when she, you know, she, um, you know, she calls her Shannon. So I guess we'll just call her Shannon, which yeah. is also funny to begin with, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the, Shannon is, you know, ready to leave to go back to when Niles is alive um, and, you know, Rita messes up with her time machine, so she can't go anywhere. So, yeah, Rita's got something going on with this woman in general. Um, and mm-hmm. there was kind of a throwaway line where Rita says, maybe I'm the world's most famous time, time traveler. So maybe R- Rita is saying that she is this mm-hmm. woman in the future. And like, obviously, their accents oh. are different. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the time travel lady has an, uh, I believe it's an Irish accent. Yeah. Um, and Rita's got her old timey, um, you know, English or, um, oddly American accent. I'm not really sure what that is either, but, you know, mm-hmm. I wonder about that if, you know, they're related somehow. Cause obviously we've seen this, um, the time travel woman, she, you know, changes shapes. She looked like Rita at the, in the resort place. Um, so I wonder mm-hmm. how closely related they are. So that's really exciting to me and interesting to me. I like where it's headed. Um, you know, I, I guess I just shouldn't be looking for answers all of a sudden, all right now, because that's not where they're going with it. They seem like they're really playing this, um, this angle out a little bit um, longer than, you know, even I expected, but it, it just took a, a weird jump from the end of episode two, um, the big, the end of episode three. And then in this episode, I'm still trying to put the, the pieces together for how this woman got to, you know, from A to B to C to to where we are right now. So again, maybe we'll see that later on. Um, but I am interested. I'm excited about you know how Rita plays into all this because it, it is nice to see that Rita is getting um, you know a cool storyline in this one. You know, in the last one, it's just more about her trying to 
you know, become a superhero, become who yeah. she, um, you know, she can be with uh, with Vic's help. So it, it's interesting that there's more of a mystery surrounding her, um, surrounding her past uh, or her future. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm completely, I'm completely with you. You know, I think you know it was smart for smart for them, I guess, to appear to have moved on from you know the acting, I guess, arc of Rita's character. I think they might still go to it, but you know, I don't think it's going to be the only thing that drives her character anymore. And I think that I think that's what's exciting for me about you know what's going on is that you know it's it felt very Pleasantville-y. You know what I mean? Like, I got a little bit of Pleasantville vibes, you know, from this yeah, that's interesting. mystery. You know, Back to the Future, too, a little bit, too. Because, you know, you mm-hmm. had mentioned that, you know, is this a future version of Rita? I can definitely buy into that. You know I mean? I, yeah. I was with, with you initially. You know, I was like, maybe there's some kind of unknown relation. You know, like, maybe they're, they're sisters. Or maybe, you know, it's her mother or something. Or maybe it's her daughter or something. You know, it's... I, I don't know if there's some kind of relation to it or if it's Rita in the future that's gone bad or trying to stop Rita from doing something. You know, that I don't know, but I, I kind of like that it's it could be one of their own that they don't know about. I think that's super, super interesting. And I dig the whole time travel aspect. You know, anytime you throw time travel in there, you know, there should be major implications, you know, for something. So I'm glad that, you know, it's it's not thrown in our faces, but it's there. It's almost like they're saving that for whatever the conclusion is of this arc, you know, and I kind of like it, too, where it's giving something Rita to do. I, I dig that, you know, it's it's definitely felt like they've all had really, really big arcs, except for Rita. You know, Rita's the one who's had an arc, but it's not as present, I guess, as the others, you know. Cyborg was dealing with lots of ptsd you know cliff had his own thing going on with trying to reconnect with his daughter you know larry's got the negative spirit you know jane's got her multiple personalities you know the chief's trying to reconcile everything you know and trying to save his daughter you know dorothy you know so it's everybody but rita seemingly had i guess a bigger plot to deal with i think this is giving rita the gar effect you know to kind of throw the titans comparison where it's like Gar is there, but he's not really there because they never really give him something to do, right? So I think this is a really, really smart decision on the writers to I guess try to make us care about Lita in a way that I guess we haven't uh, before. So I think that was definitely a wise decision on I mean. it. Yeah, I agree, and it, you know, there's a reason that the chief, you know, left her with the key and left her with, um, you know, the idea that she should be the leader and you know the guide of the team. Now, um, I don't think that's an accident. Um, you know, I think going forward, it's going to be interesting how she, um, continues with that, continues with the idea of, um, being what, you know, being in chief's place and taking over for him. And, you know, I also think Mm -hmm. it's interesting that as soon as chief gave her the keys to the castle, per se, this mystery time travel lady came right after that. Um, you know, chief always knows more than he lets on. So it'll be interesting if he knows you know, obviously, I think he he had this video. He knows Rita is in this video. I assume, um, so he knows who this woman is, even if she doesn't know who she is. Um, you know, so that it's going to be interesting. The more and more layers that get revealed, and um, how much Rita mm-hmm. remembers, doesn't yeah, remember, I'm, I'm and how with the relationship. So, I, mean, I kind of want to move you know, on to um, like the I time travel other, lady and Rita changes you know, over parts of over time the show, as things, is, you know, things get I guess revealed. One of the more beautiful endings of Doom Patrol, I guess I should say, were. Kind of like I said in my initial statement where, you know, they're all, they've all kind of accepted that they've been brought back to life. So now it's kind of up to them to do 
you know what they want with with the side guys second chance. They seem to always, they get a lot of second chances, Doom Patrol. Uh, but you know, just them, you know, of you know, without the chief, you know, and this new revelation of this mystery person that's there. So I had mentioned that you know, Jane's, you know, <laughs> I guess you know, reminiscing over the chief a little bit, you know, and she's just crying, and again, her acting continues to just blow me away. Uh, you know, Cliff's looking up, you know, was it Parkinson's Parkinson's disease, you know, like side effects, you know, trying to, you know, deal with that circumstance. And then we get a really mind blowing thing with, with Larry. I mean, so uh, I don't even know how to explain this one. I mean, I'm going to kick this one off to, you know, it seems like, you know, when we thought we figured out what was going on with Larry, they really throw us his curveball here. So, I mean, do you have any idea of what could be going on with Larry? <laughs> yeah and i have no idea but you know i thought when mm-hmm. he he starts throwing up into a you know a cup he feels something wrong with his stomach and at the time i assumed it just had something to do with him being turned into the zombie um you know it, it happened around the same time that everything all the other effects were happening to the people but then once they're cured and unzombified he's still throwing up this like blue or, or dark purple, um, you know, guile or whatever yep. it is in, into the thing. But like, and then he's got this weird, it looks like a head shape, a baby's head shape growing out of his belly. That's what I thought it was. Anyways, I thought it looked like a head. So is mm. the negative spirit is gone, but it's not gone. Maybe, maybe this is, uh-huh. there, it's a, it's going to be a physical nature of the negative spirit is growing out of him. Um, and him throwing up is like morning sickness. You know, is is he giving birth to a, a mm. negative spirit that, you know, it will be an actual person now and not just a spirit inside of him. That's what I think is happening. But, you know, who knows if that's true or not. Um, I think it's that's a crazy and interesting idea um, for the negative spirit to now be a, 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 a you know, a physical form. Um, I'm not sure if that makes sense because obviously we saw or we think that the negative spirit flew away um, and, you know, doing his own thing and left Larry behind. But, you know, it, it, you know, just as much as Rita left her, um, you know, the acting stuff behind, it seems like Larry left the, his family dynamic and, uh, gone in a way, you know, the stuff with his sons is it, that's pretty much gone away. And it's now more again about Larry and who he mm-hmm. is on the inside rather than um, the, an outward projection and the stuff around Larry, uh, which is also very interesting. You know, we talked about that before. Um, you know, who Larry, who Larry is on the inside is different who who Larry is on the outside. Um, and that's been the same for the entire um, time we've seen him. Um, you know, there, I don't know if there's going to be a clear answer for Larry until the actual moment that it happens. Because, there's, you know, with the chief gone, with the negative spirit gone, um, he is on his own. Um, you know, he's, he, and he is usually on his own as the other team kind of does his own thing. He's got, you know, he's usually sitting around the manor kind of waiting for everybody to come back, uh, from their adventure. So it, it's going to be interesting how he deals with this one, um, by himself. And if he ends up not by himself with this thing on his stomach grows into another person that I'm thinking that it might, but you know, it, it's, it's really interesting what's, what's happening with Larry. Cause it's something new, like mm-hmm. we wanted. We wanted something. Yeah, new progression I'm completely and, with you. You know, that really threw me off. The you know, and this was, you know was taking very aside anatomy and, and physiology, you know, might you will, you know, whether or not, you know, it's even possible, you know, what's going on with Larry. You know, we've seen way crazier things with June Patrol. 
uh, before, but I mean, I'm just, I'm with you on the natural progression thing. You know, it's, you know, when the negative spirit, you know, flew out of Larry, you know, I didn't know where exactly this was going with this character. And now, you know, to feel like he could be giving birth to another negative spirit, or maybe this is a positive spirit. Like I maybe said to, you know, I don't know what's going on uh, with that either, but I, I think, you know, the idea of that it could be morning sickness, like you said, I think that's definitely interesting, or maybe it really mm-hmm. is just a whole mm-hmm. negative spirit being bought out of Larry. I think that's certainly a possibility, too. You know, I don't know how, you know, negative man is negative man without a negative mm-hmm. spirit, but, I mean, they can certainly play around with uh, that that possibility. Um, and, you know, and Matt Bomber's a great actor, too, so, you know, let the guy act. I mean, I actually think that, you know, him being without right. the negative spirit has actually <laughs> let him grow into the wall a little bit more, but I do kind of miss those more sentimental scenes with him, you know, where the negative spirit is trying to teach him a lesson. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, taking that part away from the character may hurt the character. I don't know quite yet, but you know, everybody else I'm interested in, you know, I, I, you know, cyborg is clearly still invested in, you know, the, um, the, the, you know, his storyline, you know, with, with, you know, trying to redeem people, you know, that, that one, that one is still still a factor, you know. Now you know Silas Stone is trying to shut him down a little bit, you know, trying to. So that storyline might might be circling back again. Mm-hmm. So it's there's so much going on, you know. I wouldn't say there was a lot going on in this week's episode, but you know, they're certainly planting the seeds, you know, every episode, you know, for something big to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And like at any time, it feels like any character can just blow up. Um, You know, the stuff with Vic and his mom and his dad, you know, it it, it started to to lead towards Mm -hmm. a blow up. And it kind of did with Vic telling um, his father that his mother told him that there was another way that Vic could have been saved um, where he didn't have to be half cyborg and half um, human. There was a more synthetic way, I think they said. Um, you know, Jane and her alter egos take a little bit of a backseat this week. Um, you know, she's still dealing with the, the, the fact that Chief is gone and she finally says goodbye to him, uh, in her own way this episode. Um, and the stuff with Cliff and Cliff and his Parkinson's is mm-hmm. again, you know, it, it, it's, it's moving by the end of the episode, we see some movement, um, which is, that's all you need. You're right that there's a lot of stuff going on. But with a show with this many, with this large of a cast of characters, um, you know, you can't have everybody having their episode in the same episode. You, you have to, you know, <laughs> give and take yeah. with the, the the characters who get the spotlight. Um, so planting little seeds like Cliff buying Parkinson's medication online, <laughs> you know, that's just that's just a little seed that's going to, you know, grow and grow into a, a, a further episode. Um, you know, and Vic and his father, that's just a seed that's going to grow later on. And, um, you know, eventually the stuff with Jane and, you know, her personalities, you know, something else is going to come and it's just going to just, it's just going to grow. And that, that's what this episode told me above all the other ones is that, you know, there's going to be time for everyone to get their moment because they all are going to have moments. That's the other thing Mm -hmm. that this episode showed me too, is that each one, you know, aside from Jane, um, you know, Larry's got the, the his stomach problem. Cliff's got the Parkinson's. Um, Vic's got his his father. Um, you know, 
it's all going to come eventually. And I think they're doing it the right way. Like I said, we said at the start that they, they're, they're moving the story along in the right way, but still are bringing in the stupid and the ridiculous Doom Patrol stuff that we all love and what makes this show this show. Um, you know, and I think, I still think we're going to get some kind of flashback episode. I still think we're going to see Dorothy again. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the, the, mm-hmm. each each person is going to have their own own go around because of the, yep. the the large cast that's in it and how important each member is to the team as well. Not there's no more important character than any other character in in the team. Um, you know, they're all equal. Uh, they all equally have their own problems. They're all equally just as bad or good as the other one. Um, and I think that's where this episode really, um, really was impactful for me. It's just showing that each one will eventually mm-hmm. come to a, a, a fairly large, um, yeah, I, you know, I explosion or, you, though. I, um, I think you know, we, revelation, we both or, said it before, you know, what you have know, you, just, pick, pick a word. It's all going to happen. If you're not watching this show, you know, I mean, at some point be. in this season. I mean, you know, it's every week. It just continues to blow me away with, you know, being how ridiculous it is. And, but just, adding the amount of heart and charm, you know, to that level of ridiculous, you know, is just incredible. You know, I, I truly think that, you know, it really is one of the best just DC pieces of DC content that I think it's been on a streaming service, a television screen, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, now's a, now's a truly a time better than ever, you know, to get into Doom Patrol if you haven't. So please watch your show. You know, it, it's just, it's incredible. It's such a fun time, and if, and if you like development, you know this show is for you. As we're probably gonna say every week, but I mean, I think that's probably yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, in in that, it's never more apparent than in Jane's story. Um, you know, she dresses up a dummy, and her and Cliff joke that it looks like Bob Ross. <laughs> Uh, you know, and you know, that joke is funny. And the idea of the, of the whole thing that Jane is doing is funny. But then when you get to the end of the episode and she sets him on fire, she's saying goodbye to him. Um, and she's crying over it because, you know, chief and her and, you know, their relationship, you know, chief, chief has a relationship with every single one of her personalities. You know, she's, he's got Mm -hmm. videotape cassette tapes. He's got, you know, blood work. He's got DNA for every single um, you know, alter ego or, you know, personality that Jane is. Um, so, you know, it, again, each character is very important, but you, you feel a, a really strong connection with the chief and Jane. Um, and, and seeing Jane say goodbye yep. in this episode, you, you could really feel that. And like you, you mentioned it before about the scene where they're all, they, ha- they have to eat um, the chief's head to become unzombified. Um, and, and, and the chief accepts that he mm-hmm. wants it. Um, so he's also saying goodbye. He wants to help them one more time if he can. You know, he spent his whole life trying to help them, thinking that he's helping them. You know, and in certain um, aspects like Cliff, actually creating them um, and then spend his whole life trying to fix them again. Um, you know, the chief understands his mistakes. He understands who he is. So him saying, um, you know, again, yeah. eat me. Um to 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 his zombies to the this family that he loves and in turn they love too even though they don't want to you know again they spend this whole episode um or pretty much the whole episode cursing him swearing at him um talking down to him but then in the end 
like it uh, when it comes to Jane, she's sad to see him go, sad to say goodbye. Um, but it, 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 that's progression. They have to say goodbye because he is gone. Um, and they're trying to be on their own. They're trying to be their their own selves. Um, they're trying to learn how to be themselves. Again, that's another thing we're going to mention probably in every episode that we do this is this the, the cast of Doom or the act, the, the characters in Doom Patrol are all trying to learn how to be themselves after being looked after and being controlled by the chief. They're, you know, basically their entire lives. Um, and everyone is learning how to do that. You know, like you said, Larry's le- learning to yep. try and do this stuff by himself. Rita is trying to learn how to do the, some this stuff himself. You know, Cliff's yeah. trying to do, you know, psychiatrist appointments over, you know, Zoom or whatever. You know, with, he's, he's a freaking robot with a broken computer with Parkinson's trying to learn how to do this himself. You know, and Jane's taking that first step yeah. in learning how to do it yeah. herself by saying well, goodbye. Uh, yeah, by burning a, comes in all know, a Bob Ross lookalike stuff with hay. You know, I, um, yeah, that, <laughs> um, that's just I mean, you know, The chief is always going to be a part of them. If you really think about it now, I mean, you know, it's literally always going to be a part of them. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was I was wondering about that. You know, we we've seen Chief twice since he's mm. died. We've seen him. Cliff seen him as a you know blue little force ghost or whatever. Um, and then we've seen his yep. head. You know, I wonder if we see more of him. I wonder if he starts talking to them. You know, in their head or whatever. Because you're right. I didn't think about yeah. that, Teddy. That you know he's literally a part of each of them now. Um, so I wonder. You know, it, you know, Timmy Timothy Dalton seems like he's off the season, but I wonder if we still get his voice. Um, you know, he, he, you know, you know, he's a little angel on yep. angel and devil on their shoulders, <laughs> you know, talking them through. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that, that's a really absolutely. interesting well, I thing. I think that's probably that could, a good way. Continue. You know, they want to say goodbye. You know, to wrap up and now they can't say goodbye because he, he's, he's, he's a part of all of them. Right? I can't wait to see what episode five is going to bring. I uh, no doubt that's going to bring another form of ridiculousness that we have not seen before. But, and, but you know, as always, before we get on out of here, thank you so much again for joining me. As always, review, reviewing Doom Patrol, please <laughs> plug everything that you got going on on social media, sir. Yeah, so just make sure you follow me on Twitter, uh, at Emmett Davis 7 um, You can find reviews that I write um, at www.letsgopodcast.com. Um yeah, so you can see me every Sunday, usually every Sunday or Saturday with Chris Evans from Let's Go Podcast, where we do Let's Go Live, where we host some rad friends. Um, we talk about what we read and what we watched and what Pleasure's we got into this mine, week. So, uh, you guys yeah, can find me sure on Twitter That's the, at the best way to find um, all the stuff Please I write. Head over and, to Apple uh, Podcasts. Thanks a lot. And thanks, Eddie. As always, buddy. Thank you so much. Rating and a review. It truly is the best way to help this show grow. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Nick Zednik. It's just my name, N-I-C-K-Z-E-D-N-I-K. You can find all my film and TV reviews over at www.letsgopodcast.com. Like I just said, please do follow the Let's Go Podcast YouTube channel because there's a ton of just great content on that show weekly. Uh, just follow the show, follow everything that's going on over there, and then also follow the TikTok. Let's Go Podcast has a TikTok where we're going to be throwing out these little mini reviews of stuff that all the crew members are kind of watching throughout the week. So, Give all that stuff a great follow, too. So just a great time, you know, just to be a fan of all this great stuff and just can't wait to see, you know, what's going to continue to come. So and you guys can find the the Caruso's over at the RBTE podcast. 
uh, at Nico Caruso and N. Caruso Jr. They are the co-hosts of Vigilante 1939. Always a pleasure talking with those guys on anything, but I think that's probably going to about do it for this week's episode of Vigilante Patrol. So, yeah, yeah see, look, I think the chief uh, is inside of me now. Uh, <laughs> so, for Emmett Davis, my name's Nick With great muscles comes great responsibility. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.